0: Well, I want to share today about a principle we we see in the scriptures. It's called the first fruits principle. First fruits. And I want to talk specifically about Rosh Kodesh, which is the new moon, which is a first fruits of the month. And so I'm going to kind of bring them together. Because we've been talking over the weeks about how There are so many blessings. Kent was talking about how if we don't know the Torah, we miss out on so many things. There are so many ancient wells that need to be undug or dug up afresh again so that we can walk in the blessings that God wants us to walk in. And there's so many things in the scriptures that we miss out on because we don't look at, we don't read the Torah, we don't read the prophets. All we need is Jesus in the New Testament. We need it all, guys. We need it all. Torah, yes, it's the first five books. It's the foundation. It's how you sowed. But we, the Torah is the full revelation of God's word from Barashit, Genesis, to Revelation. We need it all. A few weeks ago, I really sensed that the Lord was speaking to us. He says, Come out. Come out from the spirit of the world. Come out from Babylon. Come back. Come back to the Torah. Come back to the words that he has spoken. Come back to his ancient paths. Come back to the way that he wants us to walk. Come back so that we can go forth. Come out, come back, go forth. He wants us to dig up these ancient wells of blessings. They're treasures in the word that we have missed or we've been taught wrong. And I want to talk about that today because first fruits, Rosh Kodesh, is one of those things. You hardly hear about it today in the body of Messiah. You ever ask the question, how many are are experiencing all the promises that you read about in the Bible? How many of you honestly are are experiencing all the promises in the Bible. Okay, just for you who are that watching on YouTube, nobody's raising their hands. Why aren't we experiencing what the Bible promises? I mean, after all, I give, I tithe. I come to Shabbat every week. This may come as a surprise. There are times I wake up in the morning and go, I don't want to go anywhere. But I come. Shouldn't that be enough? Hey, I speak good words to people. I do good things. I pray for people at the restaurants. I do all these things. God, so I should be experiencing all the blessings that I read about in the Bible. (laughs) We're going to talk about that today is some of these blessings that we're missing out on because we're missing some things that are here. Rosh Kodesh. There's blessings when we celebrate Rosh Kodesh, which means new moon. Rosh meaning head, Kodesh meaning month, new month, new moon. Blessings when we're that are often overlooked or or misunderstood or ignored. Did you know that Rosh Kodesh, the festival of the new moon, is mes- mentioned as much in the scriptures as the festival festivals of the Lord? What is it? Why is it important? Why is it for today? You see, most people wouldn't really know what to do with those questions. It's a new moon festival. It sounds strange. And to be honest with you, it sounds a little bit new agey. Doesn't it? Ooh, we're going to have a new moon festival today. We're going to have a new moon celebration. Sounds a little new, new agey. See, pagans worship. The sun, they worship the moon, and they worship the stars. They worship to the point where they predict the future based on those celestial beings. That's not what I'm talking about. See, when I got saved and, and I came out of drugs, and I came out of I came out of the 60s and 70s. Okay? And so did you, most of you. Yeah. And 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 Millie and I went through a season. Quite a long season of getting rid of stuff in our house that we had collected through the years. I don't know if you guys did, but we did. We had to get rid of occult things and pagan things and things associated with astrology. And I'll tell you stories, but I won't. But we had a Ouija board. Okay? Yeah, I know. That's evil. And I won't tell you about it. But we had to... I mean, we not only got rid of it, but we burned this stuff horoscopes. Anybody ever read the horoscopes and get your, you know, you and you determine what you're going to do that day based on... Oh, good. Good saying. I'm glad you did. You see, but I had opened myself up like so many of us do. We open ourselves up to these spiritual occultic things through drugs. It's the spirit of witchcraft, spirit of control, spirit of pharmacia. They confuse our thoughts and they confuse and they weaken our inhibitions. They make us... They weaken our inhibitions and they make us more vulnerable to sin. Then we come to the Lord and we think, everything's going to be great. Everything automatically just becomes great. You know what? We have to be renewed in our thinking. And and then we have to come to the realization that that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So we get rid of all of those things. Amen? So I'm not talking about new age occultic things. I'm talking about the truth in the scriptures. The truth is that the sun, the moon, and the stars were established by God and set in place to reveal his glory and who he is and so much more. In Psalm chapter 8, verses 2, 4, and 10. Adonai, our Lord, how excellent is your name over all the earth. You set your splendor above the heavens. Right there, it identifies who sets these above in the heavens. And in verse 4, when I consider your heavens, is this a little bit loud or is it okay? Turn it down a little bit because we had to turn it up to hear Sheree. It's all your fault, Sheree. <laughs> We're so glad to have you here, though. Verse 4 is when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you established, Adonai our Lord, How excellent is your name over all the earth? Just makes you want to break out in song, doesn't it? He set these places to establish, to reveal his glory. In Job chapter 9, verse 8 through 10, it says, He alone spreads out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. He makes the bear, Orion, And Pleiades, is that how you pronounce that? Pleiades? Pleiades? Pleiades. And the constellations of the south, he does great and unfathomable things, wonders beyond number. We live in the northern hemisphere, and how many like to look up to the sky and we see the Big Dipper, the Little Dipper, and the North Star? We see those things, and it's just awesome. Where we live up here in the mountains, here in Genesee, it is just, on a clear night, it's just incredible. You get down the city, you don't see it much. I grew up in L.A. I didn't even know there was stars. and I didn't know. Stars. It was just this. Even at the middle of the night, it's just kind of like this, kind of like this opaque kind of just weirdness out there. Have you ever been to the Southern Hemisphere? Anybody here have been to the Southern Hemisphere? I've had it's, You look up in the sky, and the first thing you notice, it's different. It's different, but it's still awesome. And God created all these things. You see, like I said, astrology is man's attempt to discern the future without God. That's what astrology is all about. So if you've got any astrology things in your, you know, you live by the zodiac and this and that, get rid of it, or at least ask the Lord to show you what it is without God. See, God has purposes for the heavens. and I want to look at what His purposes are for the heavens. In Psalm 19 verse 2 it says, "The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky shows His handiwork. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 14, the first chapter of the Bible. And God said, "Let lights in the expanse of the sky, let lights in the expanse of the sky be for separating the day from the night. And they will be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. So there is a purpose. God says it's for signals, omens, and warnings in the sky. He does set those things for us to look at, but not to get, our, to, to get wisdom from or to, get, um, uh, to live our lives by. Today, when we want to know what's going on, we look at a calendar. The Jews look to the sky. I remember living in Israel and, and especially during the festival times. You know, we have, we can go to Google and find out when the festivals start. It's really simple, isn't it, Kent? It's just like, okay, when's, when's Rosh Hashanah this year? Okay, go to Google and it'll tell us what day it starts in the evening. But in Israel, when you're there, they look to the sky and it's when they see the new moon or when they see it. In the sky, they see, They see, oh, it starts. This is when it officially starts. They look to the sky. And see, this is a difference between Greek thinking and Hebrew thinking. God established a way to discern things, but it's easier for me to look at a calendar and figure it out or look at Google and figure it out. You see, he's got a clock in the sky. I got a I watch on my wrist. It's a Fitbit, and it tells me the dates. It tells me what my blood is pumping, what my heart is pumping right now. But it also tells me the time and stuff like that. His clock in the sky, 12 times a year, God arranged the moon to go through a complete cycle. You said there's a full moon tonight, an eclipse, a partial partial lunar eclipse tonight. You see, she's Jewish thinking. I didn't think. That, I said, okay, Patricia told me that, so that's good. Okay, she's learned that, okay? It's interesting because most of the festivals, most of the things that we, uh, we look at the scriptures, not all of them, but most of them start at a new moon where you can't see it, basically. It's a new moon. Twelve times a year, God arranged the moon to go through a complete cycle. It's interesting, just as Shabbat is a culmination of a seven day period and the start of a new cycle. Rosh Kodesh, the new month, the new moon, is a beginning of a new cycle. Each new month begins with a new moon. And in the scriptures, we read that there's a celebration of this time. But that's just in the Torah. That's just in the Old Testament. So we're not to do that. I don't know about that. Numbers chapter 10, verse 10. Also at your days of rejoicing feasts and new moons, it's right there, you are to blow on the trumpets over your burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. They will then be a reminder for you before Adonai your God. I am Adonai your God. You see, the, t- the, the reason for these special times, and you know, if you added up all of the holidays, the feast days and the other minor holidays in the scriptures, you wonder, when do these Jewish people ever work? And yet, if we did what God called us to do, we may work less, but we would produce more and be more fruitful. Huh? That's a principle right there, isn't it? All right, I'm declaring it's a holiday today. <laughs> Psalm 81 verse 4, blow the shofar at the new moon, at the full moon for the day of our festival. So the people of Israel would come together at these new moon Rosh Chodesh celebrations, blow the shofar. I'm going to blow the shofar just to remind you what it sounds like. It's not a new moon, by the way, but I'm just blowing it just to show you what it's like. The new moon is going to be, I think it's on the 17th of July this year. We're going to do something. I'm going to talk about it in just a few minutes. So each new moon begins, each new month begins with a new moon. There's a declaration. There's a blowing of the shofar, and then there's the declaration. The new month has begun. The rabbi, the priest would, would actually proclaim that from the temple from the synagogues, the new month has begun. And they would gather together with the priests and the prophets. And it would be a time of revelation. God would speak to them. It's a time of fresh impartation for the new month. When we come together at Shabbat, Shabbat is like coming together. It's a time of celebration. It's a time to renew our relationships with our friends, but also to be in the presence of the Lord, and he gives us refreshment, and he gives us impartation so that we can go into the next cycle of days. It's the same thing with a new month, a new moon. It's a time for impartation for a new month. Rosh Kodesh and first principles, first fruits principles. It's a biblical principle of firsts. Biblical, and this is something we miss a lot of times. If you're just so into the new, it's all about the New Testament. It's all about the New Testament. You miss the, fit, the, the principle of firsts. And we're going to talk about that. Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 1 and 2. It says, now when you enter the land that Adonai your God is giving you as an inheritance. We read about that today in the Torah portion. They're getting ready to enter into the land. It says, you were to take some of the first of all the produce of the soil, which you gather from your land that Adonai your God is giving you. Put it in a basket and go to the place Adonai your God chooses to make his name dwell. Principle of firsts. First fruits, first moon, new moon. Now let me ask you a question. Was this just for Israel and the Jewish people in the land? Or is this for us now? And the answer is yes and no. Yes, it was for Israel. It was for the Jewish people in the land. But I also it's, but I also believe, why not for us today? Why not for us today? Specific for the Jewish people and the land, but I believe there's a principle of firsts for us all today, that we miss, and it's all through the Scriptures. See, when we understand the principle of firsts, the first fruits principle will unlock ancient blessings of prosperity. How many of us would like to be more prosperous in everything? Not just, I'm not just talking about money, but talking about everything. Maybe we started walking in these things that God lays out from the very beginning. Maybe we'll experience more of that prosperity. You see, when we do that, and we read this in Deuteronomy chapter 26 also, there's a blessing that follows. And see the blessing in verse 19. It says that he will set you on high above all the nations he has made for praise, fame, and honor, that you are to be a holy people to Adonai. What does holy mean? Set apart, sanctify. You belong to somebody else. You're not for common use. You're not for common purpose. You belong to somebody else. He set you apart, he's made you holy to Adonai, your God, and He has that He has promised. So that's the the blessing that comes, is that He will set you on high above all the nations. You are to be a holy people, you're to be His people. It's a key to living in favor and prosperity. See, when the, the Puritans and the pilgrims, when they first came to this country, they celebrated these festivals. They even celebrated Sukkot and Rosh Kodesh. Did you know that? And there was a blessing on them. And guess what? I believe that that blessing that was on them has carried through. That's why there's a blessing on this country today. And yet we have walked so far away from this stuff. We have walked. That's why when it says come back, it says come back to his ways. It's not about coming back to church or, you know, coming back to, to, you know, just reading a few scriptures. He says coming back to him and his ways. That's what it's talking about. See, we honor him by giving him the first of everything. When the people of Israel were about ready to come into the land, he says, when you come into the land, you bring the first. doesn't say how much. It just says bring the first to the place that God says I will put his, his name. We honor him by giving him the first in everything. First fruits is not a tithe. And I'm going to talk about that just, just a second. First fruit is different than a tithe. In, in, in Nehemiah chapter, 24, uh, t- chapter 12, Nehemiah 12, verse 44, it says, On that day, men were appointed over the storehouses for the offerings, first fruits, and tithes. So there's a difference between offerings, first fruits, and tithes difference, and they had specific purposes. They were to gather into them the portions from the fields of the city required by the Torah for the Kohanim and the Levites. For Judah delighted in the Kohanim. I hope you delight in your rabbi, in your pastor. You know, I hope that. I just throw that in there. And in the Levites that who are ministering. See, there's first fruits, and if you, and if we look, and matter of fact, let's, let's go to Nehemiah chapter 10. Starting in verse 36, it gets a little bit more specific talking about this. Nehemiah chapter 10, verse 36. Also, to bring the first fruits of our land and the first fruits of all fruit trees year by year to the house of Adonai. And the firstborn of our sons and our livestock as written in the Torah, the firstborn of our cattle and our sheep to the house of our God, to the Kohanim ministering in the house of our God, and the first of our coarse meal along with our, our offerings, the first from every kind of tree, new wine and oil, to the Kohanim at the storerooms of the house of of our God, as well as a tenth of the crop of our land to the Levites. First fruits, now we're talking about a tithe, which is different. To the Levites, for they, the Levites, receive tithes in all the towns where we labor. Um, and let's read on a few more verses. Also, the Kohen, a descendant of Aaron, will be with the Levites, when the Levites receive the tithe, and the Levites will bring a tenth of the tithes up to the house of our God, to the storerooms of the treasury. For B'nai Yisrael and the sons of Levi will bring the grain offering, new wine and oil to the storerooms where the utensils of the sanctuary and for the ministering Kohanim, the gatekeepers and the singers are kept. We will not forsake the house of our God. Most people will read that and go, "Mm hmm. So what does that mean? It's all just, it's just old stuff. We don't really, but why would God have it in his word? I believe it's important for us today. The first fruits go to the house of God, it says. We read that in verse 36 and 37. The tithes go to the Levites who receive it on behalf of God. In other words, it's a payment to God. God the ties do not belong to us they are god's we bring to the to the levite who offers that to god and then offerings are voluntary they are voluntary expressions of thanks you know that this giving is even predates moses y'all realize that right matter of fact if you go into genesis chapter 4 it talks about cain and abel And there's a problem there in their giving, in their offerings. So where did they get that understanding from? It's always been there. Genesis four. Cain's offering was a was something from the ground that he brought to the to the Lord, but Abel brought the firstborn of his flock, the fat portions, a better portion. We know what happens. There's jealousy, there's anger, there's envy, and there's murder. All of this. I, this is set from the very beginning. So what is the significance of the first fruits? What is the significance and how do we connect it to Rosh Kodish? First of all, the significance of the first fruits is, is it honors God as our source. It's the first thing we do. We say, God, you are our source for everything, for life, for being, for everything. Secondly, it sanctifies the rest of our income. That first fruits is important. That's why I think we miss out on some blessings because we're not doing this and it, and it, it sanctifies the rest of our giving, which is interesting. Romans eleven sixteen 16 says, if the first fruit is holy, so is the whole batch of dough. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. Now we're talking about Israel, but there's a first fruits principle, first, first fruits, say that really fast, 10 times. First fruits principle, even at work there. And, and thirdly, it's, so first of all, it honors God. Secondly, it sanctifies the rest of our income. And it releases the fullness of God's blessing when we do it. How many of us want the fullness of his blessings? Ezekiel 44.30, giving you a lot of scriptures today because I want you to see that this, bless you, I want you to see that this is in the scriptures the first of all, the first fruits of everything and every offering of every kind from all your offerings will belong to the Kohanim. You will also give the Kohanim the first of your dough to make a blessing to the rest of your house. Rest on your house. This is important to God. This is important for us. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Honor Adonai with your wealth and with the first of your entire harvest. Then your barns will be filled with plenty. Your vats, vats will will overflow with new wine. I really believe the Jewish people, when they walk out these blessings, you want to know why they're prosperous? Wherever they go, whatever they experience, this is why. But I believe this is for us too, Jew and Gentile. This is a biblical principle. Why aren't we walking in this? Why aren't we doing this? We see plenty of biblical examples of first fruits. It's a principle that we see living, that they lived. And I believe it's waiting to be applied today. Abraham, man, did God promise him some incredible promises, didn't he? But he was tested in those promises. His firstborn, his really firstborn, with a promise was Isaac. God says, Sacrifice him to me. This is your first fruits offering to me. And see, when he passed that test, all other blessings were released to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to the nations, to us, because of his faithfulness and giving his first fruits. When Israel entered into the land, 40 years wandering, not wandering, being led in the wilderness. What was the first city that they took? Anybody? Jericho. The commandment from the Lord was, everything in Jericho belongs to me. And what was the guy's name? Achan? Was it Achan or was that another place? But I don't think he took some things that But God says, this belongs, this is the first place you're coming into in the land. Everything in that city belongs to me. That's First Fruits Principle. The story, I love this, story of Hannah. Barren. Goes to the temple, prays. The priest thinks he's drunk because she's, she's, she's mouthing words, but the words aren't. She's, he's not hearing him, so he accuses her of being drunk. He says, no, I'm not drunk. I'm just I'm praying from my heart to the Lord. I don't have a son. I want a son. And if I have a son, I will give him back to the Lord. And we know that she goes home, Elkanah, her husband. They conceive. Shemuel, Samuel, is born. What does Shemuel mean? Hear from God. Hear from God. Samuel. See, that's so much. That's another one of the, you know, we we Samuel. Samuel doesn't mean anything. Shmuel, though, that has meaning. She goes back to the principle. She goes back to the to the to the temple with her firstborn. And it gives, she gives him back to God. That's that's a principle of first fruits right there. Yeshua, yes. Question. Possibly, possibly. He's saying, don't, don't hinder your children from coming to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's a good point. That's a good point. Good point. Yeah. Yeshua is our first fruits. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10. For it was fitting for, the, for God for whom and through whom all things exist in leading many souls to glory to perfect through sufferings the initiator of their salvation. Yeshua is the initiator of our salvation. He was perfected through suffering. He is our first fruits. His resurrection from the dead is first fruits. It's a promise to us. If he was resurrected, guess what? We will be resurrected. Rosh Kodesh, the new moon when it comes. And see, Rosh Kodesh is also a time where you bring those offerings to the Lord. First of the year. How many of us have crops? I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of hard. We're, we're so far removed from an agricultural society, but I believe the principle is still there. Rosh Kodesh, when it, come, when it came, people praised God. It was a time of of, of worship and intense worship and praising and why don't we do that today during the Rosh Kodesh? As a matter of fact, we're going to do that. I talked to, to, to Mary and to Tom, and, and Rosh Kodesh is, I believe, July 17th. Somebody Google real quick. Huh? 20th? Okay, which is like a Monday. Okay, but we're going to celebrate it a little bit beforehand. Is that okay? We're going to celebrate Rosh Kodesh on July 18th. We're all going to go out to the farm in Watkins, and we're going to have a time of celebration and celebrating the Rosh Kodesh. And what I'd like to do is to do this kind of on a regular basis. This is important. Why don't don't we do this today? So what does it look like? Joyful celebration, rest from work. This is what I mean. If you added up all the days of holiday for the Jewish people, they would never work. And yet, look what they've produced. It was a time of bringing your offerings before the Lord. So I'm going to wrap things up here. Tammy, come on up and prepare for closing worship. Why has the church missed this important day? So many other days we've missed too. We're a Messianic Jewish congregation, so we we need to understand what these mean so that we can share with the church the importance and the blessing of these times, not in a legalistic way, you know, I think that's why so much of the church has turned off. Well, because we, we, we tend to be legalistic on how we do things. And that's not what it's about. That turns people off. But I also believe that there's a, some really bad teaching that has been brought into the church. As a matter of fact, there's been reinterpretation, bad interpretation of the original language that's led us astray. Colossians chapter 2, verse 16, in the Living Bible. Now, I don't know how many of us read the Living Bible, but a lot of people do read the Living Bible. Is this the Living Bible right up here, Mike? Let's read that. So don't let anyone criticize you for what you eat or drink, or for not celebrating Jewish holidays and feasts, or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. You read that, and there's an inference there. Don't, I read, don't celebrate the Jewish holidays and feasts or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. It can be inferred that because that's how it's been translated through the years. But that's not what it says. If you go to an accurate translation of the Greek, matter of fact, let's go, can we go to um, the living version or, or the, living, uh, the tree, tree of life or New American Standard, either one of those. Is this it? Therefore, do not let anyone pass judgment on you in matters of food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon or Shabbat. You see the difference? One almost says, Don't do these things. It's not important. It almost implies don't and do these do these things because they're not important anymore. And verse, if you go on, go back to I know I'm having you do it. go back to the um Living Translation, the next verse, verse seventeen, Mike. So don't let anyone criticize. Okay, for these were only temporary rules. Even that term "rules" that ended when Christ came. They were only shadows of the real thing. They are shadows, yes. There is a real that is going to take place, but they were all. You know when it says they ended. You see, this is why we need to really look at these feasts from the perspective of the writers, the ancient writers, from a Jewish mindset. The inference as we read this is that it's good not to celebrate these holy days and moons and Sabbaths. It's been taught not to celebrate them throughout the church history. But here's the thing. All of these feasts new moon, Rosh Kodesh, all of these things, they all teach us about Yeshua. They all teach us about who he is, his faithfulness. When we see that new moon, we say, God, everything else is crumbling and, and falling all around us, but Lord, there's a new moon. You are faithful. And because you're faithful, I can trust you. You said that they will be set in place. You've established them. It all points us to who God is, who Yeshua is. He doesn't want us to be legalistic in how we celebrate these things, but he wants us to celebrate, to experience, to engage in them. It's interesting what it says in Isaiah 66, verse 23, about this particular celebration, Rosh Kodesh. Isaiah 66, verse 23, And it will come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Shabbat to another, all flesh will bow down before me, says Adonai. That's good news. We stand together. We stand together. It's an eternal feast for all flesh, not just the Jewish flesh. Right, Cherie? Jewish? Just Jewish? It's for all flesh. That's what it says. It's an eternal feast for one new man. Hallelujah. So when we start walking in these things, I believe God's going to, there's going to be blessing and blessing flowing. This is why it's so dangerous. I want to close with this. This is why it's so dangerous to unhitch ourselves from the Jewish scriptures. We miss so much. We miss context. We don't understand, but we miss blessing and God desires to bless us. You see, so many of us have this picture of Old Testament God angry all the time, mean. That is such a bunch of garbage. God from the very beginning, from Genesis 1 all the way through, he wants to bless his people. He says, when you walk in my ways, I love that. You're my people. You're a holy people set apart for my purposes. And when you do that, I will bless you. Deuteronomy chapter 28. You are blessed when you do this, when you do this, when you do this, when you do this. Yeah, there's cursings. There's curse if we don't, if we rebel, if we disobey what God says. We cannot unhitch ourselves from the Jewish scriptures. We're cheated out of a blessing. We at Orchaim, we need to look at these, and that's why we're, we're re-looking at these things because we really haven't celebrated Rosh Kodesh. And I'm saying, why not? Why not? Hey, any opportunity for fun, any opportunity for a get-together, a party, a celebration, can't, sign me up, sign me up, I'm ready to go. And God says, yes, yes, acknowledge me in these ways. I'll make your path straight. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are speaking to your body. You are awakening your bride. Father, you're calling us to walk in ancient blessings. Lord, you're calling us to, in some cases, to dig up those wells that have been covered up over the years by religion, by false, bad teaching, by rebellion. Father, help us to, to see those blessings, those wells, and dig them up so we can experience your blessings, Father. We thank you, Lord, because that's what you're doing in us, Lord God. You're raising up a warrior pride in these days who will proclaim truth, not just proclaim truth, but live truth. That we will live truth to a world that needs to see truth in operation. So, Father, I just pray for my brothers and sisters. Lord, I pray for those who are watching today. Lord God, I pray that they would grab a hold of these ancient blessings and choose to walk in them. B'shem Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen, amen. Let's worship him this as we close our service.